everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. But it's Parco setting up camp in front. He leads the way by a length and a half over Elusive Eagle. Racing on the outside and Mossini's closing up the margin. He's up the third now. And the other pair at the moment couldn't hear the band playing. And the, you'll hear the band playing after five o'clock this afternoon. But at the turn now, and Elusive Eagle moved up quickly to take the lead from Parco. Hung out around that turn. Mossini, though, is in close attendance as Elusive Eagle leads from Mossini and Parco now out three wide as heads a turn for home inside the 200 metre mark on the outside moving to the lead though is Massini and away he goes he was second last year but no mistake this year and he's going to can it to the line Massini poses for the photo for Zachary the margin out the five over elusive eagle and third home Del Toro catching the eye Massini for Nathan Fazakli and Dale Groves taking out the 2023 Riverina Flinton Cup on Easter Saturday as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and lots of news to catch up with over the Easter weekend, not just what happened at Flinton on Saturday. It was Meat Ant Cup Day at Augathella on Easter Monday. We'll talk to Watsy about that on the show this morning as well as look back at what happened at Bar Calder on the weekend. Plenty of other meetings to run through in alphabetical order. Bullier, Bowen, Minus Lee, Gladstone, Nanango and Roma and to help us run through things. Maybe not in alphabetical order this morning, but welcome <laughs> along, Rob Luck. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Hope you had a uh, lovely Easter out in the hometown of Roma, Tony. I even had the chance to catch up with a few friends out at the races on Saturday. We'll hear more about that on your report out of um, Roma later. Um, but, of course, we'll be uh, talking about a range of firsts, as we do with Bushbeat every uh, week, Tony, very shortly. But just listening to uh, Brett Moody there with Flinton, of course, one of the features of the weekend uh, were the number of unique once-a-year meetings that take place across country Queensland. Flinton, no exception. I noticed on social media Brett referring to a fair bit of green grass on the uh, the track there, as, as well as the dust mixed up with it. But when you look at that meeting, Tony, there's a couple of things I was taken by, and Massini reflects it, uh, one of those things. And as well, because he was ridden by Nathan Fasakali, uh, the other comment this morning I was going to make, because we've been talking to jockeys in recent weeks, uh, Jason Babarovich, Jason Hooper, talking about you know, jockey shortages in the country, how do you improve the situation? And one of the key things I think they mentioned uh, was that some of the jocks um, really could do well travelling to the country circuit and getting the most out of the number of rides they do. And, and Nathan Fasakali, just using Nathan as an example, and no reflection on Nathan's riding ability or anything like that, um, because as we know him in the Central West, he started off in that area, as uh, affectionately known as the kid. But here's a great example of a young fellow who goes to Flinton, has five rides, picks up th three wins, two seconds, treks up to Augathella on Monday and has four rides, unsuccessful, got a second up there. But there's a, a case of nine rides in two country meetings uh, close together. So uh, congratulations, Nathan, on your efforts out there at Flitton with the wins on Outback Playboy for Peter Rice, also for Fitzroy Boy, Barry Shepherd, and, of course, Massini that we heard for Dale Groves. And, you know, Nathan last win was 15 rides ago, but since that time he's been trekking out to Roma, Chinchilla, Flinton, Augathella. Uh, have travel with saddle, 
and it really does pay off and I think it's a good example to show new apprentices coming through older apprentices experienced jockeys just there is a good uh, living to be made in country racing and the second thing Tony out of that meeting Messini now here's a horse that's come off the country stampede um, and uh, he's won his last three including at the Gold Coast Poly he's racked up his five non-tab runs and guess what we've been mentioning is coming up in recent or in coming weeks is the beginnings of the Battle of the Bush and he is a classic example of a horse I think you will find targeted that way and uh, he really does set a benchmark uh, because he was very competitive already in these finals that have made it into town and uh, Dale Graves has got him going extremely well and already with that five non-tab uh, before the uh, the first heat that he's required to go in Messini is one of those ones that we'll mention this morning and I think as is Fitzroy Boy out of that meeting he could be another one, another one of Nathan's winners spread out his wins over 1,000 to 1,400 and uh, won a gun to Indy 2 back he's working his way through the grades could he be a possible one exciting time ahead um, of course with those other winners out of the meeting Jared Woodhouse collected the double and Nathan and Jared completing the program Jared on uh, Zuma and Define Falls out of that Flinton uh, meeting. So a couple of key things I thought come out of that once a year meeting out of Flinton there, Tony, worth mentioning this morning. Rob, the Battle of the Bush qualifiers kick off this coming Saturday. The first of them will be uh, Saturday at the Gundawindi and McIntyre Picnic Race Club program at Gunsin Park and Gympie Turf Club host the other one. Wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Dale Groves, Trek Massini, maybe out to Quilpie. Not sure. Uh, their next, uh, well, their qualifier comes up on the 29th of April. Qualifiers in May on the 6th at Longreach and Gordonvale, on the 13th at Jandawi and Mount Isa, on the 20th at Nanango, Kunamala, Emerald and Ho. Home Hill as well as Mariba on the 27th of May at Gladstone and Cloncurry, 3rd of June at Bowen, 10th of June at Park Alden and the final on Tatch Day at Eagle Farm on the 24th of June. And as we stressed last year with the uh, Country Stampede and the Country Cups Challenge, so important to check the qualifying conditions as Rob touched on there, the five non-tab runs. It's no Metro win last two years conditions. Uh, you've just got to make sure that you check the calendar and make sure you read all of the right terms and conditions to avoid disappointment, as they say. Yeah, that information's all there for us in black and white, Tony, and it's an exciting time uh, looking forward, as it always is when you get new developments, new uh, faces coming into race. And, of course, Emerald's one of those tracks that uh, kick up plenty of excitement and, uh, and good results, and uh, they were a feature meeting, of course, on the weekend as well. And no surprise to see uh, Raymond Williams producing a double there with uh, Johnny Deep and uh, Super Bazooka. No surprise to see Glenda Bell having a trifecta in the Class 6 with Dawson Diamond over Jabali Gold and Schwedaz, or Jared Wheelow continuing with his strike rate with Ashley Butler with, with uh, Phosphor Bronze. Uh, Trevor Williams got the winner with Silent Angel. But the significance of the two Raymond Williams uh, winners is that it's produced another apprentice who's had a startling start to her career in Gabrielle Simmons, who's apprentice to um, Ryan Tyrrell and Tom Button. We welcome Gabrielle to the show this morning and uh, congratulations, Gabrielle, on your first day of riding and what a way to do it, a double at Emerald on Saturday. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was an awesome way to kick off um, and Emerald was a great spot to do it. <laughs> yeah, nice, How are the nice when grass you got track. into the jockey's room? Pardon? Sorry, Rob. How no, were the nerves when you got into the jockey's room there on, uh, on Saturday morning? 
Yeah, it was good. It was a nice atmosphere there and it was, you know, Easter Saturday, so there was heaps going on, but no, it was good. I was excited and everyone was super friendly and it was awesome. Awesome experience. Now, before we look at your two winners, we need to know a little bit about the Gabrielle Simmons or Gabby Simmons, I think you go by. Uh, yeah, do, you're in yeah. your mid-20s. I won't specify the age, but it suggests <laughs> that uh, it's been a little bit of a, a process getting to race day. Tell us, tell our listeners how you uh, ended up going down the path of being an apprentice jockey and um, and how you approached it uh, and ended up with uh, Tommy Button and Ryan Tyrrell. Um, yeah, look, I, it was never something that was in my sights early as when I was young, I was a show jumper, so I was brought up through the equestrian world. And then, as most do, I sort of transitioned into being a track work rider. I've been doing that for eight years. And, um, look, I just fell in love with the game and the horses. And uh, my old boss, Tony Hayden, actually set the spark for me to become a jockey. So it's all thanks to him. Um, yeah, it's just... I live it and I breathe it, and I thought, why not, like... I would love to do it. So I just wanted to have a crack and it's been a long road to get here, but we're here finally. It's never too late to start when you kick off with two winners. It's a great way to do it. Uh, Gabby, um, are you originally from New Zealand or have I got that wrong? No, that's wrong. No, I'm Australian through and through. <laughs> oh, good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> that's <your trouble. laughs> you can't trust the information that I see on uh, social media. I'm a bit too old to be able to figure it out carefully, but... Um, just take us through the two rides uh firstly again with the uh being emerald being your first starting point you're based in the the gold coast area what's the process for you to get there just fly out there and uh all organized on the day no dramas leading into the uh, the race riding yeah look tommy's been like the biggest help for me and he made everything run as smoothly as possible for my first day and um he came with me we flew up on friday and settled into emerald had a walk of the track on friday and um yeah sort of it was a really nice first day into the races and he took all the stress off my back which was good um it's tommy's hometown he grew up in emerald so it was a bit exciting for him to be back there and it, everyone he knows and the track he knows and yeah he was just as excited as i was so it was an awesome day and usually there's a couple of good rides that you try to target on your first day. You would have been fairly confident going out with Grand Ascent in the first, not to be, but a good second uh, for Angela Stevens. Just take us through each of your your second there and your two winners that uh, flowed on. Yeah, look, my first ride, I thought it was it was pretty hard to beat. It was a good little ride I picked up from Ash Butler, actually. I wasn't meant to be riding it, but, um, yeah, it gave me a great first experience out there and, the winner was just probably too good. Um, and the two of Raymond's, well, <laughs> I mean, it's a good strike rate there. But, the um, yeah, my first winner on Johnny Deep, it, he, he sort of just put it in the field, sort of to give me another ride and some experience. He wasn't expecting it to come out and win. But, uh, yeah, as I straightened on him, I thought, oh, geez, I'm going real good here. I should be winning. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was a thrill. Your first winner is always a big thrill, isn't it? Yeah, we often talk and you'll about remember the name, I think, because it's very easy to think of Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a Johnny Depp fan too, so it's probably <laughs> saying something. 
We talk about racing being a great leveller. So you come back in from winning on Johnny Deep and a you know, reasonably close second on Grand Ascent. And then you beat in 13 and a half lengths, uh, running fourth on Electric Spirit in race <laughs> yep. three. Talk about uh, going from uh, the outhouse to the, or the penthouse to the outhouse. Yeah, it keeps you humble, doesn't it? <laughs> but you waited till the end of the day. And favourite, I mean, you're jumping on a favourite. You're still trying to get your uh, first winner uh, for yeah. Raymond Williams and Super Bazooka. No added pressure, of course, but in the end, nice little convincing win. Yes, yep. And, uh, yeah, Super Bazooka, well, he was he was my best of the day and he was just too good. It was, yeah, awesome first day out. Full take confidence. us through that ride. I didn't get to see that one on regional cast. Uh, just take us through the run. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a heap of instructions, but I watched the replay and I sort of knew how to ride him. And, um, yeah, he, he sort of just flew the lids and one ended up coming past us up the back and it sort of set me up for the perfect run through the race. And we peeled out late and just got home, hit the front at about the 100 and, yeah, the end of it. <laughs> this um, doing your homework so important for apprentice jockeys. Do, you know, watch the replays and, of course, now with... The country races, non-tab races being broadcast all the time. Is that drilled into you, you know, with uh, guys like Tommy Button and that from an early stage? You know, you've really got to focus on getting that preparation done early? Oh, definitely. All the work in the lead-up is probably just as important as being there on the day. And, you know, you win races at the start and during the race, and that's, uh, yeah, that's drilled in very much. And it's, it's a big help to have someone with so much experience there every day with me. Where to from here? Where are you riding next? Um, we've got a little horse called Rolling with the Flow setting up for the Battle of the Bush that you guys have just been talking about. So Ooh, mm-hmm. we're going to head out to Gundawindi with him and uh, hopefully I can pick up a few more rides. So you start, you, you'll be on Rolling with the Flow at Gundawindi. There's uh, any, any extra information for us to follow with this little follow? <laughs> uh, not sure, but I just think that if he can get into that battle of the bush and he heads to Brisbane, he's a super champ. Well, we've heard it, heard it firsthand, Tony. It's, uh, it's, it's the excitement. It just shows how important the battle of the bush is and how the concept has grown. Yeah, it's yeah. an awesome little concept for the country trainers and even us having a go. We don't have huge quality of horse, but... Um, yeah, having a, being able to have a crack at things like this is what we're all about. Well, good luck at Gundy there on the weekend. Gabby, thanks so much for joining us on Bushbeat this morning. Congratulations awesome. on your first day at the track and hopefully not the uh, the last of the winners and the last time that we'll catch up with you on Bushbeat. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Gabby Simmons there, successful with uh, her first day of uh, riding at Emerald on Saturday. And hasn't it been great, Rob? Uh, this seems to have been the theme for 2023. These young apprentices and young trainers coming through and we've been able to celebrate their first with them. Most importantly, they are hitting their strides very quickly, getting the wins early. And, and importantly, Tony, we're not putting the knocker on them following <laughs> on being on Bushbeat because I'm noticing uh, the, the, the follow-up of uh, different jockeys we've had on and apprentices, they're still going well, which is great to hear.
<laughs> want to give a rap as well when we were talking about some of the uh, the jockeys there before when you were saying about Nathan Fasakli uh, have saddle, will travel. We've known that's always been the case for a couple of the FIFO-type guys, but wonderful to see that uh, RQ recognised through the week both Justin Stanley and Nathan Day, who are certainly mm. uh, those uh, have saddle, will travel sort of guys, both racking up 50 wins for the season so far through the week. Uh, Nathan had a treble at Townsville last Thursday before he hot-footed up to honestly for the weekend. Bit of a quiet week for Justin. I didn't spot too many winners for him compared to what we normally see for him, but even so, it was still a busy week for the guys. Uh, as I said, Grubby with a treble at Townsville Thursday and Graham Cleesey with a double at that program. Jake Malloy and Mark Curry combined for a double on the Easter Thursday program at Toowoomba. And uh, just mentioning the uh, program at Aquas Park, Bow Desert for the Gold Coast Turf Club on Saturday. Um, we mentioned there uh, Ryan Tyrrell and Tom Button with Gabby Simmons, uh, with uh, Tommy heading up to uh, Emerald with Gabby. Ryan was left holding the, the stable together for their double at Bow Desert on Saturday and the King Noel Callow riding a double there. And Robert, a quick check on the calendar ahead before we get into our next uh, feature race to check. Uh, following on from the Mackay program today, Rockhampton Thursday, Townsville and Toowoomba on Saturday and not forgetting Warwick with their tab meeting next Tuesday. Mention the Battle of the Bush qualifiers kick off at Gundawindi and Gympie this weekend. It's also Maxwellton Cup Day, Blackhall and Thangul are racing this weekend and it won't be long before the Outback Racing Showcase Series kicks off as well. That's Saturday week with the Julia Creek Cup as part of the Dirt and Dust Festival. The Burn It to the Beach Series is back at Wandai on Anzac Day and uh, won't be long as well before we're then starting to talk about some of the other big picnic meetings that are coming up. Uh, Tower Hill picnics are on the 28th and 29th of April and I see already the dates are out for uh, the uh, programs at Oak Park on the 30th of June and the 1st of July. There's a lot of big programs coming up for 2023. No, it just continues to heat up. And keeping in perspective that 50 wins you mentioned before that Racing Queensland highlighted, when you consider Robbie Farr's leading the country jockey premiership with 33, 50 wins in such a short period of time is a big achievement. Uh, mm. Congratulations across the board there. But, Tony, as we talk about these feature days and the once-a-year meetings, the Meat Ant Cup at Augathala is always a highlight on Easter Monday. And... There's a horse that I think is so deserved of winning a cup race, and that's the winner of this year's Meat Ant Cup, Gypsy Biker for Dave Rewald and Robbie Farr. With 800 metres to go, Gypsy Biker. Three quarters of length on Vinegar Red Morricone. He's got the cold drop on these runners, two off them. Now, family first starting to run in the race. Tango Tino and wanting it on its bike. It's got about eight lengths to make up. Revenair and back to last for Lave. On the point of the corner, Vinegarette goes up to Gypsy Biker Morricone. Family first could be the fresh horse on the scene. 250 to go in the Meat Ant Cup of 2023. Vinegarette, Gypsy Biker. Now Morricone starts to Sprint and family first. It's still Gypsy Biker. Vinegarette hasn't got there yet. And family first runs on Gypsy Biker. Gypsy Biker all the way in the meat end. Cup wins by two and a quarter. Spanked him. Beat family first. Morricone might have run third just in front of Here's another jockey, Rob, as you said, Robbie Farr leading the country uh, title at the moment. Um, had a double at the Bar Calden program Saturday, backed it up with a double on Easter Monday at Augustella. So a pretty good weekend at the office for Robbie and winning there on the David Rewald train, Gypsy Biker, uh, wrapping up what was also a pretty good weekend for owner Rodney Hay. 
Oh, Rodney Hayes having a sensational time um, and great association with David Reeve. Well, we'll just listen to this horse's career last year. <clears throat> he's only had two wins from 24 runs for David since March last year, but consider he's been in just about every cup going around, fourth in the Tambo Cup, fourth in the Alpha Cup, Batuta Cup, third Longreach Cup, second Junder Cup. I think he even ran an unplaced run in the April Birdsville Cup as we welcome Andrew Watts. Uh, Watts he along to the uh, program this morning, and it was great to see uh, Watts, the gypsy biker, and a new lease of life because he's never he's always had the ability to keep going at one pace, but he showed so much pace to lead all the way. Uh, a big win for David and Robbie. Yeah, good morning, Tony, and good morning, Rob. And it was one of those wins in hindsight. You, you went back through his form and thought, wow, he's in a benchmark 65. He was, I uh, bet, $6 and $8. And even his first up run at Cunnamulla, where he ran third, uh, Art by Concord won the race, who's come out and won at Rockhampton. And uh, Bonnie Eve, that horse of Wayne Baker's, ran second, who was a good thing beaten at Toowoomba, I think, Thursday night. You go back through the form, and as we know, in racing hindsight is a wonderful thing. But uh, bounced out, does what it loves to do, and that's roll in front and uh, beautifully rated by Robbie, who is just riding so well at the moment. Uh, Vinaigrette peaked on its run when it looked like it was coming into it for Raymond Fraser and John Rudd. Uh, beaten three and three-quarter lengths on the line. Uh, family first, those uh, placings on rise are, are wrong, I think. Uh, family first did run second in that race. Uh, Vinaigrette third, Morrigani fourth. But Gypsy Biker, a good win. Uh, Rodney Hay on track there yesterday uh, with a grin from ear to ear. And as you suggested, Rob, he's having a wonderful uh, run at the moment. But um, it's deserving as well because he's putting plenty in. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a meeting that got great support being on Easter Monday and the numbers were there. In fact, uh, Raymond Fraser, uh, local knowledge, of course, there, and he almost bookended the program, didn't he, with uh, Vinaigrette running second after taking a good win with a horse that is on the way up, I think. This horse has really come of age. King Coney, two wins, two seconds, his last four. Yeah, take about Johnny Rudd. It was a, a brilliant ride in the first race on King Coney. As we know... Um, it does help on a lot of these tracks to be up and rolling. And he took on Lazzle and took it on at its peril, I thought, as well, because Lazzle has a couple of runs in the legs. But King Coney found himself in front uh, with about 400 to go and, and kept rolling, um, taking short strides at the end. But they did lead by about six coming around the home corner uh, and held on for a popular local win in the first. Uh, Von Saga flashed late for second and a good run in Hinchable, uh, a new runner for the Monique Gavin stable, Sophie Wilcock in the saddle and Slash Fibian uh, in that race was a good run in fourth. <clears throat> the second race was won by Eel and All uh, for Scotty Rogers in the first leg of Sophie Wilcock's winning double. Uh, Eel and All opened $5 and probably the best back runner on the program starting two eighty. Beat Bubble Bar for Wayne Baker and Amy Graham who was good in second and the Sabbath uh, coming late for third for Monique Gavin and Ian French. Uh, the third race was a well overdue win for Rupal Tia, uh, for James Hatcher Burke and Robbie Farr. Uh, a well-timed run by Robbie. Uh, figure it out. Looked like Nathan Fazakli had stolen it with 100 to go. But Rupal Tia up on the outside, put the nose down where it counted and got the cash. Uh, and third, the Veristale, probably a little bit 
disappointing on face value, beating four and four point three five into third as the dollar eighty favourite. Uh, the other other winner on the program was Craig and Hoff. Now this was a very impressive win, uh, trained by Craig Smith in the second leg of Sophie Wilcox winning double. Uh, missed the kick and um, look got a little bit wobbly turning around the corner, but once it saw daylight, it was away for the prize. One by two and a quarter lengths over Rosaire, who was good for Clint Austin and Tyler Leslie, and two lengths back to uh, the old stager he be right mate for Stacey Meskin and Luke Miller who actually led around the turn and uh, ran a good third there but uh, look a great day at Augustella yesterday uh, I made mention to the president Pete Creedon it's probably the best I've seen the track uh, in the past few years as a substantial giving it uh, that's due to the, the um, a lot of hours they've put into the track and just the Augustella com- uh, community in general we know how hard it is to run these events um, not only did they run a bull ride with a thousand people Saturday night they had the billy carts on Sunday and then uh, backed it up to do it all again yesterday at the races so uh, to everyone involved it was a wonderful day well attended about 400 trackside yesterday uh, four bookmakers um, it's it's a must do uh, the Augustella Meet Ant Cup I've got to say yeah it's one of one of those highlights on the uh, the Easter weekend. It's got its place cemented there on Easter Monday, but it gave you a great weekend of calling, Watsy, because it, it allowed you to back up from a brilliant day at Bar Calden, where I mentioned at the top of the show the, the importance at this time of the year of um, the Battle of the Bush preliminaries, if you like, horses getting ready. And there's one horse we saw there on the weekend. There's a couple of things I think we need to mention out of this uh, this particular meeting, but none more important than Maurice Pre- for Shane Iverson and Emma Bell and uh, luck of the Irish as you say, said in your call uh, Emma off to Ireland for a little holiday but she's outstanding this press statement Mayor and uh, she ran third in the country stampede she looked great on the weekend headed towards the Battle of the Bush Yeah and needed the run too Rob I think it was a, a real uh, first up run for this Mayor she's uh, getting together a great record um, Emma let the speed unfold in front of her over the 1,000 metres. I'm Jacko. Um, set that pace, and Maurice Press um, sort of tracked into it nicely, and, and basically once she got off the fence turning for home, it was all over Red Rover. Uh, one by two lengths over Zucas, who just needs the right race over 1,200. He'll be winning his 20th race sometime soon. And I'm Jacko from a benchmark 58 to a good open. Um, gave a lot of cheek for Malaya Hill and John Rudden. I think in a suitable race, it'll be it'll be mighty hard to beat. Uh, but the Charleville trainers stole the spoils Easter Saturday at uh, at Bar Calden. Um, that was the first leg of Ivo's winner, Maurice Press. He backed it up in the next race with Declassify. Uh, Robbie Farr riding this one. That was the first leg of Robbie's winning double on Saturday. Uh, came with a well-timed run to win easily. Uh, by a length and a half over He's a Gem and Blindside. The day opened with a uh, win to Tony Schofield and Matty Gray with Fondle. Uh, look, I know the Schofields have been keen on this one. Just hasn't drawn barriers, just hasn't had races run to suit, but it got all that, that on Saturday. Uh, drawing barrier one, and Matty Gray was able to dictate out in front. Beat Highland Eagle, who did its best work late for Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel. And Luna Glide, a good run in third for Richard Simpson and Robbie Farr, beaten three and a quarter. The second race did go to Charleville with William Pugsley, Speedster Gazman. Uh, Timmy Brummel in the saddle was able to get to the front and uh, dictate terms. Beat another tosser who was really good first up. Uh, look for him somewhere over the 1,200 and beyond in coming weeks for Mark Oates and Anna Bacos. And bigger than Thorne back on the the grass much better on Saturday for David Rewalt, Robbie Farr in those Rodney Hay colours. 
the other race on the program <coughs> was Morricone. Um, things didn't go to plan last Monday in Longreach, but uh, a well-ridden race on Saturday by Robbie Fast saw it get out at the right time and come away to win by two lengths. Uh, that was Robbie's second winner on the day over Bittersweet Pluck, who was one of the runs of the day coming from the back for Boyd Foster and Timmy Brummel. Same could be sent for Mandible Rocker, actually. He came from last on the turn to be beaten three and three quarters, Tony Schofield and Emma Bell. But uh, it was a nice day there at Bar and Probably one of the better crowds, Rob, uh, that we've seen on an Easter Saturday uh, in Bar Coolden. So uh, the Easter Bunnies, the uh, Jumping Castle and the Egg Hunt did the trick. There's plenty of families there. And uh, I think some of them were there to see you call a couple of races as well, Lucky. <laughs> Come out of retirement and uh, hopefully improve the eyesight. But, yeah, rejuvenated uh, committee going forward and uh, 250 to 300, Willie Chandler reports. And just so good to see uh, the crowd respond to that. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, Robbie Farr just extending that lead slightly out to 33 over Tyler Leslite on 26 in the uh, in the country jockeys uh, premiership. Uh, your next uh, off to where? What's he? Yeah, Blackall, Saturday for the Barco Amateurs. Uh, it's, a, it's a big day for them on Saturday, but it's a big day for racing as well, where we see the Nutrient Western Open Plate, 1,400 metres. Uh, we're likely to see Parco, Nick the Skip, and also Echo Point going head-to-head-to-head. To head to head. So um, looking forward to those nominations coming out all in about a couple of minutes' time. Yep, and add, a, and add Tower Road to that race. It'll be a cracker for you at uh, Blackall. Uh, we'll uh, have you back on next week to uh, wrap that one up. Uh, thanks again for being on for the big double header for Barcaldon and uh, Augustella on the weekend, mate. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Watsy. Good to have you as part of the show this morning. One of the things that highlights to me there, Rob, is also the placement of some of these horses by some of these trainers. Dale Groves taking Massini from his Toowoomba base out to Flinton. Shane Iverson could have easily gone to Roma uh, with his couple, but went to Bar Calden instead to go to the grass track of the outback there. And even things like uh, Scott Rogers holding Island all off until Monday instead of uh, racing at home at Roma on Saturday. It's all about placement, finding the right race for the right horse, right track, right day all of that sort of thing and that's a very very good example with just a couple there that I've plucked out yeah we often talk about have saddle will travel but the uh, the trainer's job of placing those horses as you outlined uh, there's plenty of options out there and it's getting them in the right spots and um, look those once a year meetings continued as well uh, up at Bullier and there's a, a great to hear also their crowd was good too because uh, they didn't have the usual uh, rodeo type events that happened around their meeting but fantastic to hear that they had a good crowd of course dominated by Dan Ballard uh, back in the uh, winning circle with the treble and he jumps to 21 on that country Premiership. He kicked home a, a good winner for Jay Morris in La Force, uh, the Air Force Blue first up since October. He then combined with Tanya Parry on Denaway and as well with Jay. Jay getting the double. Has a good win with the Andrew Saunders owned Evening Glory in the Bullier Cup for 2023. A smart missile. Been third at the Sunshine Coast at its last run uh, when trained by Daryl Hansen. And beat that Zuma Ratter that we've mentioned as being moving through from maiden grade uh, that Jason Babarovich rode last start. And Jason uh, was in third place on Mopar. But the margin was only three quarters of the length between Evening Glory and Zuma Ratter. So it uh, uh, stacks up well for both of those horses coming out of that win. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we uh, hadn't put the knockers on Jason Babarovich having him on because he kicked home a double. But
both for Kerry Crow with Royal Tonic and Turf Edition. So great to see Barra continuing in uh, in that winning form and uh, Jay Morris Stable going ex exceptionally well with the Bullier Cup victory and the double on the day. One jockey that continues to dominate in the far north and with the meeting at Inersley on Saturday, just look at Lacey Morris and Dan Ballard with a treble. Well, Lacey Morris and uh, equaled that performance with a treble up at Inersley. She started it off with Athel Ryan with uh, Rackatoon. Uh, she continued in the third with David Reynolds on the first of his double with Spanish Beans. He raced a race double for David uh, with Sea Echo when Mazuyuki Abe rode it. And then to wrap up the program, Lacey combined with Kristen Alex uh, Alenda with Peter the Piper, an LTS four-year-old that took home this year's Inersley, goal, uh, Inersley Cup uh, over the 1620. Defeated Gaelic and Love on Sunday, Witterick, Lord of Light Horses that we've known uh, across the board in the, uh, the northern area when it comes to country cups. And uh, Peter the Piper, a new kid on the block and uh, one of the outsiders at the $6 mark. But Lacey Morrison features up there with the treble on the day and Dave Reynolds are getting the double on the day. But it was one all... One of those winners he, there. Sorry, just, Tony. Just to break in, Rob, one of those winners there, that's uh, C. Echo for Dave Reynolds, uh, came out as the result of a third versus first protest that was upheld. And that was actually the first of the uh, Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland up-and-coming Stayers series. We'll be following this as it rolls on through. Mount Garner will be the next leg of those coming up on the 28th of April. Gordonvale on the 6th of May. Mareeba, May 20. Cairns on the 3rd of June. Atherton on the 17th of June. I mentioned Park before July 1 is their leg and the last leg comes up on the 11th of July so that's another series that we'll be following pretty closely over the coming weeks as well. Yeah, as I always like to say, I'm pleased you're the keeper of the series and keep tabs on these things. And there was a protest at Bar Calden too. Uh, I think it was third against second that was upheld. So once you get these happening in one place, they tend to flow on, don't they? But uh, Bowen was the place where basically uh, it was honours evenly shared across the, the board. But good to see Chelsea Jockey riding and training the winner Tropics in the Benchmark 65 up there at that particular meeting. Uh, as well, Ian Shaw getting a Quinella uh, with Stars Don't Rust beating Stablemate Get Out of My Nay. And Lenny Rocket was in third in the Benchmark 60. That was a winner for Shay Nielsen, claims three now, Shay. And the uh, apprentice uh, ladies doing well on the day because Aaron Malloy kicked over. Dirty or Dry for Josh Man Manselman. Jay Doolan kicked home Act of Royalty for Jay Ocampio, the Halo Crown five-year-old. Uh, didn't get the cutest money, but the place getters didn't ask me, and Bo Epoch took the cutest money in the race. And then the benchmark 55 was the other winner on the day for the Valentia five-year-old of Harvesta, trained by Wayne Winters, ridden by Carl Spry. Uh, good to see Carl uh, getting in there with the win over Wren Plucked and Malvagio. So honours across the board evenly shared there, whereas in Gladstone, as has happened many times before, the girls have ridden the program yet again. Tash Chambers gets the double on the day. Uh, pretty close to, I think it was, yes, she bookended the program. Kicked home Maverick Henry that had promised a win based on his last couple of runs for Daryl Gardner. Then in the final event, she trained the winner as well, Smart Rubik, a Rubik three-year-old gelding uh, over the longer journey, defeating Grand Delago and Froze. Hannah Richardson, she broke her connection with Craigley Bandit that we'll mention shortly in Nanango to ride up in uh, Gladstone. Got the results with a double. Trevor Thomas trained new arrival, a better than ready. 
took home the maiden. And, of course, then combining with husband Glenn and getting the cutest money uh, with rising spirit, a spirit of boom for your old mare. It's been going well on the sand tracks recently. Four wins from 16 now. Uh, defeated Crispy Kevin Royo. And then the other winner on the day was for young Savannah McCann, who we had on the show, and uh, made the, she made the comment she was taking a week off. Certainly did no harm. She's kicked home another winner for Billy Johnson in Hand Dynasty. Tony, here's another one. Here's an interesting horse here in terms of your Battle of the Bush. Is he headed that way? He's certainly a sand track horse. He's won two from three and placed once at this track. He's won his last five. He was first up since September, this Raphael's Cat. I just love keeping an eye out for these horses as we approach the Battle of the Bush. And he's a classic example. He just needs to transfer that form to the grass tracks. He's really moving through the ranks. Hand Dynasty getting up against uh, Lieutenant and uh, Mr. Bros. So, as I said at the top of the show, keep an eye out on these horses. Uh, we've got some good ones coming back and many moving through the ranks. But Nanango, talking about that connection with Crystal Johnson and Craigley Bandit, um, Sophie Blunt took the saddle. And Craigley Bandit got his second win from three at the track over the 1600, defeating every now and then and Bolt. And I'll come back to something I heard uh, Ross Cater mention at the beginning of that uh, race. But just looking at those other results there, Nicole Buell took a double on the day with the waiting man uh, for Patrick Sexton and also BOK for uh, Adam Brisky. Ian French, another jockey who's willing to put in the yards, was at the Longreach Tab meeting on the Monday, went to Nanango, got a winner on Oakfield Comanche for John Hamilton, and uh, also William Crop and Chris Meehan combining with Bridgman Downs to get the cutest money uh, in the cutest maiden plate. But um, I heard at the beginning Ross Cater mention that Ross Stanley... Uh, Apparently might you might have put, um, hung up the binoculars after I think probably 40 years of service, and if that was the case, if I heard that correctly, uh, congratulations, Ross, on a stellar career. Uh, what a dedicated service to Nanango Club and to racing in general. We know the work you do for the race magazine and the great stories that have been written over the years. Uh, but great to hear that, and uh, and Ross Cater taking the binoculars for that race or doing the program on the day. Um, good earned retirement uh, to Ross Stanley, I'm pretty sure, out of that meeting, Tony. He hasn't actually uh, given the racing uh, association away totally, Rob, because I spotted Ross behind the camera out at Roma on Saturday. I looked over and thought, you know how when you see somebody out of context, they're in the wrong place at the right yep. time, and just thinking, what's he doing here? He should be calling it the Nango, because I wasn't aware either that Ross had handed the binoculars over to the other Ross, so to speak, as you said, there with the Nango program. But yes, uh, Ross Stanley was busy taking all of the uh, the winning connections photos, uh, bedecked in his Aintree press photography jacket and looking at the part I didn't get a chance to catch up with him because I was catching up with so many other people out there on Easter Saturday but it was great to see uh, Ross still out and about and yeah he'll still be out there I'm sure writing plenty of great stories for the racing magazine I'll tell you someone else that I saw out at Roma on Saturday his first winning day back uh, was uh, jockey Matthew McGilvery and he did it on Opaquely in the maiden plate They've gone past that 600 metre bend and opaquely in front. Leads by about three lengths to Boss Bandit, two and a half lengths back then to uh, the early leader in the race, which was uh, Sleep Dance and Jungle Land at the tail. 300 metres to go, the point of the corner. Opaquely in front as Boss Bandit coming. Opaquely about two lengths to Boss Bandit running on. I think McGilvray's back, he is. 
McGilbrig takes opaquely to the lead, wins by three lengths to Boss Bandit, about ten back to Sleep Dance. Yeah, Matt McGilvery back in the saddle there for his old boss, Craig Smith, winning the 1,000-metre rule on 99 maiden plate on Opaquely, beating Boss Bandit and Sleep. Just a, a little highlight out of the program there following Matt's lengthy uh, spell out of the saddle, putting all of the indiscretions and everything behind him. It's always nice to get the monkey off the back, and especially when you consider that his last winner, Rob, was at Roma at Bassett Park back on the 23rd of October in 2021. So some 16 months later or something like that, back in the saddle, and that big smile back on Matty McGillivray's face there Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's that's a great result. Nothing better than returning to your hometown base to do it in association with Craig uh, Smith. Great work, Matty McGillivray. We'll see plenty more of you. And local hometown uh, girl in Rebecca Kerwin getting a double with Bartos. Took the cutest money with Curic as well. Uh, and then, of course, now there's two horses here, Tony. One from a Roma Cup point of view down the track. Waitakere loves this track. Love 16.40 and again dominated in that race. Three wins from three at the track over Haggerston now and Grazzi in that benchmark 55. But coat of arms, seventh in the Stampede final. Is he another one on the Battle of the Bush Path? Pat Webster, what a record he has in these uh, particular feature events combining with Gary Gearin. Coat of arms too strong over Menindi, who's also been to a Stampede final and deference. So some good form lines coming through, not only Roma but all those other meetings that we focus focused on um, this morning so keep your eyes open on these young riders coming through trainers willing to go everywhere to get the winners and the battle of the bush aspirants down the track We'll be following the Battle of the Bush uh, qualifiers very closely over the coming weeks as we count down from this coming weekend all the way through to the final coming up on the 24th of June. What a big weekend of racing we've had to catch up on this morning. Well done. Oh, it was a lot to get through. Very sad time, of course. And I'd be remiss of me not to mention, of course, and it's been well covered. I, I heard an interview with Bill Reid talking to Steve Hewlett uh, about the tragic loss of Alan Acton in the helicopter crash near the property at Dingo uh, last week, Tony. And, look, I didn't personally know Alan. I know his wife and himself came in our shop once at uh, Longreach, had a brief chat, and look, and I heard um, being mentioned in that interview with Bill Reid just what a humble, down-to-earth bloke he was, and it just came across that way. And such a big role in the Central Queensland Amateur Race Club, instrumental in bringing the uh, archer to life, that particular race, and uh, he's been such a leading figure in the pastoral industry. Tragic loss. And our best wishes and uh, thoughts go out to the Acton family from our Bushbeak community. Um, rest in peace, Alan Acton. Yeah, well said, Rob Vale, Alan. Thank you for joining us this morning. Have a big week. Uh, enjoy the week, and we will catch up with you next Tuesday. Look forward to it as always, Tony. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Thanks to Rob Luck, Gabby Simmons and Andrew Watts for joining us on Bushbeat this week. Good luck to the club's race this coming Saturday as the 2023 Battle of the Bush series kicks off with qualifiers at Gundawindi and Gympie. Also, Maxleton Cup Day Saturday and race meetings at Blackhall and Thangool. And we'll be back next Tuesday at the same time on Radio Tab to talk about that and plenty more on Bushbeat.